one of my favorite stories is just observing parents who have Nanit when I have both of them together. So I was at dinner with, um, with a friend of mine and her husband and what I observed, which was very subtle, but you know, being a mom, you notice these things is that he, so we're at dinner, their children are being watched by, um, by a babysitter and he's the one who keeps checking the Nanit. So he's the one who tells her baby just went to bed or, Oh, they just, they just, he's checking in. Whereas in my past, it would have been me or the mom who would have been like, I just want to text the nanny and make sure everything's okay. I should just check in. I should just check in. Dads don't usually do that, but now dad has this tool and he was the one who was kind of almost obsessing over, you know, just making sure. And every time that notification went out, he wanted to check in. Um, and I think that changes behavior in a pretty big way and it shifts and it lets mom kind of take a break for a second. What's really interesting here is that it's not the mother pushing the father to, you know, she's not sending a million reminders, hey, don't forget this. And so that takes the load off of her in that way as well. I would say sleep rules my life. So if I haven't gotten enough sleep, then taking a day off is usually about rest and trying to find the most relaxing, restful ways that I can actually get myself to kind of unwind and maybe even recover um, some of that sleep. So on the worst days, I would say that's probably what taking a day off or even self-care really looks like for me. This is Take the Day Off, a Mother Honestly podcast powered by Splendid Spoon. Women have always taken on the larger share of the domestic and caregiving responsibilities at home. Cooking, cleaning, laundry, childcare, sounds familiar? While these are absolutely important in keeping our households running smoothly and efficiently, we also know that women, as a result of the uneven, repetitive, and usually unrelenting household chores, endure stress, anxiety, burnout, and depression. This podcast is about taking the day off from your personal or professional to-dos and bringing the focus back to you and on what matters most to your personal well-being, indulging in a creative pursuit or simply getting some sleep. Weekly, we'll check in with you to learn more about what you're doing to take the day off or simply some take the day off moments. In turn, we will harm you with the resources and know-how to take the day off, rejuvenate, and even better, unplug and get the rest that you deserve. We can only do this if we all do it. We must band together to show our young children and society at large that care matters. I am your host, Blessing Adesinio, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a chemical engineer, energy supply chain and operational excellence leader, and mother of four. You will also hear from my friend and co-host, Andrea Mullen, founder and CEO of Victory PR and mother of two boys. We are here to take the day off with Splendid Spoon. Sarah Dorset is the CEO of Nanit, a high growth baby tech company that supports the new parent journey with products that connect parents to their child's development through powerful insights that improve the sleep and well-being of the entire family. Under Dorset's leadership, Nanit has been named to Fast Company's most innovative companies, Deloitte's Technology Fast 
500 and CNBC's Upstart 100 list of most promising startups. An e-commerce leader with more than two decades of experience scaling retail businesses, Dorset previously served as vice president of e-commerce at Bed Bath & Beyond and held executive roles at Bloomingdale's.com, Century 21 department stores, and Cody. Aside from her corporate responsibilities, Sarah is the mom of three and the founder of Parkin Jewelry. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. This one is extra exciting for me because we of our work together and also because of the fact that the three of us were just together at the Start to Flourish Summit um, hosted by Mother Honestly about two weeks ago now, which I cannot believe. I'm still on a high from that. And um, you spoke on a panel there, Sarah, about the future of care, and I'm excited to continue some of that conversation here. So to kick things off, Sarah, can you briefly describe your experience as a working mom? Briefly describe it. It's not brief, I guess, but I will try to be brief. I think that for me, well, I guess it, it it's, it's all individualistic, but my experience as a working mom was always, I always wanted to be a working mom. I, uh, I wanted to see if I could make that work. Um, I think when I embarked on this working mom journey though, I was in a different place in my career. So I think early on, I spent more time worried about my children and what I was going to do for them and with them and how I was going to sort of balance it all as I've had many years now as a working mom. Um, I think now I, um, I have different, a different perspective on, um, on that idea of balance, which is less focused on balance and more focused on, I think I've told you this before, harmony, um, trying to figure out what is that, you know, what does every day sort of look like? And at the end of the day, do I do, um, have I, have I done something, have I done enough that I can feel good about? Um, and so it ends up being a very, very, very personal journey for me now. Um, but my, my commitment and my passion still holds. I would like to be able to work and contribute to the world as well as contribute to the world through, um, the children, the children that hopefully I raise well. <laughs> I love that because I love that the idea that you've always wanted to be a working mom. And even through the challenges, particularly of the last three years, that continues to be at the forefront of your daily, I guess, of the choices that you make. That's awesome. So Nanit is described as a partner in parenting. How, um, in your vision, how is Nanit uniquely positioned to do to be that partner in parenting? Well, Nanit is so much. In my, I, I think Nanit is is I'll definitely address the partner in parenting, but just to go back just a little bit, I think Nana is the first product on the market that actually can help parents better understand what's really going on in a way that has never really been done before. Um, and that is because of the power of technology and data, but also the fact that this particular brand has such a high level of trust with parents. We would not be able to survive if parents didn't um, trust that data, feel safe with that data, um, and feel good about um, the tool that they're using. So that's all, um, that is all due to the, the connection that we have um, and the partnership that we have with parents. I would say the partner in parenting idea 
arose from NANIT's inception. It was always meant to be an additional tool, an additional resource, something that you could count on that was maybe maybe an extra set of eyes, maybe um, a resource. So rather than a book, you have this incredible data that's really unique and personalized to you. But what it evolved to be was actually a partnership or, or a, a connection or a connector between parents and extended family members. Um, and one of the most powerful parts of NANIT today is that it enables a new way for parents to connect around their, their growing family, um, especially in the early days when you're kind of trying to figure things out. And so I have just witnessed this amazing evolution of um, creativity around how parents use NANIT, how, um, how their comfort around data seems to serve both parents, and then how they've been able to um, come together and appreciate the conversations that they can have and share that are very different from, I think, um, those who haven't had a tool like that. Um, so we really, really do see ourselves as, as, a, as a company can, that can bridge the gap in communication and connection between families as this world is constantly changing and evolving into truly a tech-driven world. Absolutely. And and um, Sarah, I, I don't know if you, you may have mentioned this, but what, like, what exactly are the features um, that people come tonight for? And you mentioned data and, you know, I, I love data. I'm a very data-driven person. And what are those data that parents now have that they've never had before? Great question. So the technology that Nanit uses is called computer vision technology. So essentially what that means is it the, the camera is trained to recognize what it captures. So it's a camera, so it captures video. So it's trained. Um, there's nobody, you know, working behind the curtain. It is trained to learn about what it sees and to recognize patterns. And so what it does is it knows it is trained, the camera is trained to recognize when babies are, baby sleeping patterns and the activity that's happening in the crib. So at this, when we first started out, we were just we were just training the camera to help parents with sleep. So what are the key factors that parents kind of need to understand with their baby's sleep? So how long their baby slept, when their baby was put down, how often they woke up, how many times a parent was engaging with them. So all of the kind of sleep training things that um, a, a sleep coach would actually share with you and they would ask you all this information. Well, now that is all in Nanit and it shows trends. So based off those trends, we then were able to set up a whole sleep training program that said that was triggered off of your baby's trends. So if your baby was being put to bed every night at the same time, you passed that test and you didn't get a sleep tip about that. But if your baby, if you were going in, running into your baby's room 12 times a day, we know that that parents um, sleep a lot better when their baby is confident and can fall back to sleep on their own, you might get that sleep tip. So everything was personalized and you had basically um, a sleep coach included that was tailored just to the data that you had. And that was uh, training that was, um, that was, we have an expert, a PhD in our company who's just a, a brilliant sleep trainer who, who built all of that and, you know, still advises us and works for us now. So it started there. And then I would say that another thing that is um, from, a, this is just the data side. There's, a, there's all these other things that are wrapped around Nana, uh, Nana that I can talk about. But what ultimately happened was then we said, wait, we could also track what, what do parents care about? So right now they care about 
breathing. You know, something that's super important to them is to just make sure that baby is okay in the crib. So we also trained the camera to recognize the movement of the chest, um, just so parents had that additional peace of mind when your baby's sound asleep. Um, in addition to that, we started tracking just development. So we ask parents, when was your baby born? So that we can help with that sleep training program. But in addition to that, we can also track how they're doing with developmental milestones. So when are, when's the first time that they decided they're smiling? When are they starting to show signs of crawling? When are they even showing signs of trying to crawl out of the crib? And we can kind of package that up in two different ways, like, uh-oh, here it comes, but also here's a great memory or here's a great video and image capture of that as well. So we are starting to leverage all of that great data. We can essentially show you anything that's going on in the crib. So what you'll see in the future is some really interesting ways for us to just kind of show you patterns of behavior in the crib that may lead to something that you would care about or want to know about, or maybe just be nice to know. Um, but what I encourage parents to do is to take their data and and reinterpret it, reimagine it a little bit. So we've had some really interesting people do some really interesting things. We had people use our, um, I, I love this. My favorite one recently is we had a dad who was a data guy who watched the heat maps in the camera and um, based on how often the baby moved around the crib, you could see their most his most popular spots and he put a pacifier in each of one of those three spots so that every time the baby woke up, he wouldn't have to go in and give them a pacifier, they would have it right there. So studying patterns. Um, I've also encouraged parents to look for changes in the patterns so that they, if they see that change happen again, they can go back and say, wait, what happened? Were they teething? Were they sick? Did some, and parents really start to learn a lot that the, the data is really, really easy to understand. I think what is exciting about all of this is just the fact that, you know, there's been a lot of focus, right? When you look at tech today, it's focused on anything but parenting, right? It's, you know, it's technology and how to find your lost toothbrush and, you know, <laughs> more crypto and more, you know, okay. NFTs <laughs> and all those various things. And, you know, I think it was this week we found out about, you know, the billions and billions of dollars that suddenly went missing. And, and so when I see or hear anything about, you know, tech advancement in this parenting, you know, space or care space, if you will, it... It, it's it's exciting, right? Because these are the real problems that we need to start solving, which is, you know, how do we elevate care in our own home? How do we leverage technology to give parents the peace of mind that they need to sleep well, do their best to work, know that, you know, um, they can always rewind the videos, you know, to figure out, you know, where, you know, where do I place the pacifier or how do I support my baby in getting better sleep? I have a one-year-old right now and I have not been getting a lot of sleep. And so, you know, just, I mean, the idea that I could potentially now have data around what exactly is happening, I think it's very powerful. Um, and I wonder what you're hearing from parents about, you know, beyond the videos, beyond the um, you know, the, beyond all of the benefits, what is the real impact, right, to parents? You know, are they able to, you know, now confidently, you know, place their kids in bed and get that sleep without worrying about, you know, 
their child as much, right? Because then that helps me. I just think about myself as a mom where, you know, if I get eight hours of sleep uh, uninterrupted, you know, that's powerful, you know, for my mental health, for my well-being, for my work. So what are you hearing from parents about the impact of night? The most common theme is, the most common term actually that parents use is life-changing, which is very hard to define, but that's why. It's almost hard to describe the impact of it. I would say that one of the things, um, when I joined the company four years ago and we were just entering the market, I envisioned parents holding up their nanas and showing me and showing others, look at you know this information, look at what time they fell asleep and all of these things. And I see that happening all of the time where, um, where every parent I know who has a nana is always um, is sharing. They want to share their experience. They want to share what they've learned. Um, a couple pieces of feedback that are really interesting though are parents who have had <laughs> trouble or have had um, trouble with sleep or trouble with some sort of regression or trouble with some sort of circumstance that you know they didn't expect. I always hear that Nanit was that Nanit Nanit was invaluable to them. The other thing that I often hear from people is, you know, why choose Nanit? You know, there's cameras all over the place. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah, data, you know. But when somebody actually gets in there and uses it and they maybe have used another camera or they've used God forbid, a security camera in their home, thinking that it'll they'll just transition it to a security cam after they use it as a baby monitor. Once they've had a Nanit, they said, you can tell that Nanit was built for parents, that this information was designed specifically for parents. And it really was. It was built by parents who actually talked to hundreds of parents, hundreds of sleep experts across the country, hundreds of pediatricians and developmental experts. I mean, there was no end to the amount of research that went into how do we build this thing so that parents really get something out of it so it really benefits them. And I hear that a lot where parents are just like, I don't know what I would do without it. You know, oftentimes it's the top of their list for registry. It's one of the only things that they feel like, um, you know, they couldn't live without. Um, so we just get, we get so much. And then the other one is sometimes, um, speaking about connection, there's a couple things. One is um, with dads, they're like, you know, my husband just loves this thing. Like he can't get enough. So it's really, I, I don't hear a lot about, you know, moms aren't running to me telling me that dad loves that blanket or dad loves this or whatever. It's, it's really exciting to hear that somebody tell me that, their husband is using it and loving it and, and really values it. Uh, and then I think the, um, the other experience, and this is blessing I know, Andre, actually all three of us, um, I know it's really important for us, um, the, the transition back to work and what happens as you're balancing work and family, especially at that really pivotal moment when you have to go back to work. And I have heard just, I'm parents who have a nanit feel like they're staying connected to their child, that they still have information about what's going on and they're still close to their child when they have to make that excruciating separation happen. Um, so those are, I mean, there's there's so much more feedback. I mean, we've had the craziest stories. I just had a family send in, um, send in, you know, from health care, things that they wanted to monitor. I've just had, I've had heartbreaking stories. Um, I just had a, a parent send in that, so the idea with Nanit, actually, one of the things that's kind of life-changing about it is that we talk to you. So we don't let you just go and check on your baby when you feel like it. We actually 
invite you to decide which information would you'd like to be communicated about. So would you like to know when they wake up? Would you like to know every time they move? What would you like to know about? We let you tailor the experience. So we're constantly engaging with you rather than you having to initiate an engagement. And that is what drives all of that engagement. However, because we do that, sometimes we capture other things in the home. So I just had a parent write in who said that she got a push notification that there was movement in her house. And when she checked, the fire alarm in her house was going off and her house was on fire. And if she hadn't checked, if Nana had gotten to her, if she had known even 10, she was able to salvage most of her living room, even though she had smoke damage. But if we, it had just been 10 minutes later, the, the room would have been destroyed or, or, you know, her house would have kind of gone up in smoke. So there's just crazy stories about, you know, how, um, how it's, how it's really been, it, it really doesn't amazing things. <laughs> your home. They're always gluten-free, dairy-free and completely powered by plants with over 65 options and flexible plants. You can change, pause, skip or cancel at any time. Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting SplendidSpoon.com and enter promo code HONESTLY, H-O-N-E-S-T-L-Y, to receive $50 off your first box. Sarah, you touched on two things that are really core to the work that Mother Honestly does. First off, it's the, you, I want to go back to the engagement with the fathers. So um, we talk a lot about the equity of the, of what, of the labor that takes place at, at home. So who's checking on the baby, who's invested in the baby's care, and how can we ensure that that does not fall solely on the mother or the female partner's shoulders. Um, and I think it's really interesting because Nanit is a very high-tech product, of course, but it seems like it's been a very, sort of like it's a low-tech thing that flipped that switch. And because it's a techie product, it seems like there are there's naturally more interest in it and it's engaging with male partners as well. Is that um, how you would describe that? It's male and then also it is extended family members and even caregivers. So, um, so yeah, so one of my favorite stories is just observing parents who have Nanit when I have both of them together. So I was at dinner with, um, with a friend of mine and her husband and what I observed, which was very subtle, but you know, being a mom, you notice these things is that he, so we're at dinner, their children are being watched by, um, by a babysitter. And he's the one who keeps checking the nanit. So he's the one who tells her, baby just went to bed or, oh, they just, they just, he's checking in. Whereas in my past, it would have been me or the mom who would have been like, I just want to text the nanny and make sure everything's okay. I should just check in. I should just check in. Dads don't usually do that. But now dad has this tool and he was the one who was kind of almost obsessing over, you know, just making sure. And every time that notification went out, he wanted to check in. Um, and I think that changes behavior in a pretty big way and it shifts and it lets mom kind of take a break for a second and reduces some of that anxiety to know that she's got that supportive partner. And then I've even had um, experiences where there's been a grandparent in another country in a different time zone. And when the baby has been sick and there's been some concern, but mom just is exhausted, can't stay up all night. 
she has gone to bed and grandma is actually, even though the baby's in bed and sleeping, grandma has agreed to, because her day is now daylight, has agreed to keep watch on, um, on baby through Nanit just to make sure, you know, everything is okay. So she has a little peace of mind and can relax and get that deeper sleep that she needs. So there's all sorts of really, um, really, uh, there's been amazing things that have just sort of organically come out of the way um, Nanit was designed. That's awesome. I, I, I agree with the main part because I, we have four kids and I can tell you that all cameras are not my responsibility and they are not my business. <laughs> I mean, when we go out on date nights, this is my husband's phone is like literally right next to the meal and he's checking cameras. So it, I don't know, there's something, ladies, yeah. you know. Get a nanit. <laughs> Thing to take off your plate, you know, getting at it, yep. you know, let them check on those kids. <laughs> but I also, I mean, what's funny is I also, you know, I have, I cannot tell you how many parents send me images from their husband who has sent them a screenshot and a message during the day while they're at work and their, their infant has been put in the crib and they get an alert. And so they look, they take a screenshot and they're like, I love you, honey. You just went down. He's so sweet. And they have this whole little interaction throughout the work day when mom's at home. And I mean, imagine... I did not have that. There was no tool that allowed you to do that. It wasn't like my husband wanted to call me every 10 minutes to see if the baby had gone for a nap. He can actually see the baby and can engage if he wants to, because he can talk to the baby through the nanit, but he can also have a supportive conversation, even if it's just a quick minute to let mom know that, you know, he's, 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 he's there and um, he's appreciating that moment too. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that was, I think that's such an interesting point. That was not my experience either. And I do think, you know, like I look back on my experience registering for all of the, you know, all of the stuff that you need when you have a baby. And it was like the stroller and the diaper bag and all of these things that my husband knew that we needed to get good ones, you know, safe ones for the baby and effective utility from the utility perspective. But, um, you know, for him to have been really interested in something, I think that that would have, you know, changed our dynamic a little bit. And in a way that was natural, it didn't feel like, it seems like what's really interesting here is that it's not the mother pushing the father to, you know, she's not sending a million reminders, hey, don't forget this. And so that takes the load off of her in that way as well. The other piece of it is the return to work piece. So there is, um, you know, we, we've explored the transition, like the nuances of that transition, and it's not, it's not black and white. It's not all good and it's not all bad. You know, most of the listeners here have, you know, struggle with making both work and life fit. And that sort of precipice of going back to work is often a very painful transition. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about how it is that Nanit supports in that um, and what your vision is for that, especially as someone who is a mother a working mother who very intentionally wants to be both, you know, have a rewarding career. I think that was the word that you used, which mm -hmm. I love and be the mom at home that you want to be for yourself and for your family. I, my vision for it is that, um, is that, well, I think the world in general is going just, it, it has become more independent. 
um, due to technology. You know, there's more things that we can control because of technology. More of our lives are run by technology. And I think Nana is that that kind of one thing in the early parenting world that sort of keeps up with all of that tech. I mean, you mentioned crypto and, and all of these other things. Our currency is changing. You know, everything is is real. It is, it is a digital world. And um, what's really interesting about about what that can do for you is it can kind of take sort of legacy systems and transform them into modern systems. Um, so today, when you go back to work, my vision was, my vision of going back to work was, um, was many things. I had hoped that parents, once they had a baby, there would be um, an incentive for them to have a nanit. I wanted everybody in the world to be able to access um, nanit and to, and to reap the benefits of it. And then as hopefully we have more materials and content around transitioning back to work and we're partnering with the, the global economy, but I guess we'll start with the US or maybe even one company at a time on what that transition looks like. And I, ha I also envisioned it not being just about mothers. I envisioned that when anybody had a baby at any organization, that they would be able to afford to have a nanny. And they would, we would be able to help with programming that would help them train them on how to use it and why it was so beneficial and give them some creative ideas. So they felt really empowered, you know, when they went, when they went back to the, to the office. So um, I think today there maybe isn't enough of that um, education as you come back to work. There's more of a, a draw of what do you think you need? You know, what do you think you need mom X? Well, mom X is dealing with a lot. Her hormones are changing. She's, you know, three months in, this is only fourth trimester. She doesn't know what she wants. She's emotional. She's an emotional wreck because she has to leave her baby and she's got to manage maybe childcare. And then her husband's trying to be supportive. He doesn't know what to do. I mean, you can't then put the burden on the parent to say, okay, tell me what you need. And maybe me as company X will be able to help you out. Like there's no, no company has that, that scope um, that's not scalable at all. And, but if there's programming around, um, around what that could look like and the tools and resources that you could use and basically advocacy for for more time with your family, personally, um, I think all of those things are, are things that I envisioned, um, particularly because that's one that's very, very close to my own experience and my heart and, and the things that I have been really passionate about trying to solve for um, as we slowly, you know, continue to evolve the benefits of NANIT. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see this as an employee benefit, right, to parents and caregivers um, to you know, especially as they return to work and that, you know, a lot of us develop that anxiety around leaving our kids. Um, I know when I went back to work, I was literally, you know, always on the edge, wondering if the baby slept on time, you know, did, are they gassy? Did they, are they, you know, restless? What, what is, you know, what is going on at home? So I think, you know, having that extra layer of support, right, where, whether it's companies giving a nanny to every employee that needs it um, in order to feel connected to their loved ones while they're at work. I mean, that, that to me is a potential. But I wanted to switch gears um, to the nanny community last, I think it was earlier this year, um, you know, we, we joined nanny um, in celebrating a one year of the nanny um, parent community. Um, so I wanted to just, you know, let's chat a little bit more about how that community is going. Um, I am passionate about community building. I, I truly believe that 
Um, we all need community to thrive and prosper. And, you know, especially with the work that Nanit is doing, which is connecting families um, and, and connecting, you know, connecting parents and caregivers. Can you share more about, you know, what the power of that community has been in the last year and what, what are your hopes for that community? Sure, and thank you. It was a blessing, blessing for you to <laughs> to join our our celebration of our, our. So it's still new, as you mentioned. We celebrated one year of building the community. We were clearly inspired by all of the organic stuff that was going on with connection in the camera to build this community, um, and we also had um, a really strong super parent group that was always communicating with us. So we thought mm -hmm. there's clearly a need out here that we can we can fill. The idea behind the community was that. Nanit has information um, in aggregate um, that no one else really has, and that it's pretty powerful information that can potentially um, connect families and parents um, to other families and parents um, on things that they uh, may, may be looking for, may need. Um, so what we really spent the last year doing is really kind of understanding what those things are. So a few of those things have been um, experts. So our community really, um, appreciates because they're spending so much time in Nanit, they appreciate getting more information from experts. So from pediatricians, from fitness experts, we've had everybody feeding, um, delivery, hospital, every everything you can imagine, we have, um, we've invited experts into our community to share information. So that's, that's one. Um, the other was kind of um, uh, a place to share experiences and meet new people. And I would say that that has been um, something that we still want to evolve in a pretty big way. We envisioned being able to connect like families with other like families, but in a really safe way. So, you know, so so using the power of some of the data that we have in aggregate to say, there's a really interesting group over here of people who are having the same experiences. I wonder if they um, if they'd want to meet each other, you know, kind of thing um, in a very inviting way. So it's always just, it's your choice, but, but just giving you a, kind of helping solve for some of that kind of solitude that you might feel um, and not knowing how to get out of your house when you first have a baby and you're kind of chained to a lot of things. Um, one thing that was really exciting mm -hmm. for me, I also, well, to be honest, I also wanted to introduce through the community parents to um, new products and new tools that actually weren't weren't produced by us. I wanted to give them a place where they could access and learn about products they may or may not choose. Um, and I wanted those things to be geared more around wellness and innovation, which is really kind of our our DNA, because a lot of times you just don't know, you know, you just don't know what to buy. You buy everything, you buy nothing, and you're all confused. And I felt like there's all these things that the these conversations that we could inspire in the community. But my favorite part about our community last year, I may have already told you this, you may have seen it, was when there was the formula shortage. Um, we went out to our, our entire community and said, look, raise your hand if you're looking for formula and raise your hand if you have formula to give. And we know that based on that information, we can connect people who live near each other and you can do your, your formula swap. And I think we had almost 2,000 people that we were able to help. Um, with formula needs and, and formula sharing. And so it's just another another really powerful way for us. I don't think you would get that on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like we were, we were making the connection on the back end and saying, hey, you have formula to give. Here's four people that need it. Can we connect you or will you reach out kind of thing? So I think that's how powerful um, this community and that's, that's, that's what it was intended um, to do. 
I love it. Um, wow, that's that's super super powerful. Um, and no surprise that it's you know it has been effective because I I could feel the energy in the room <laughs> um, during the celebration. So thank you for for putting that that out there in the world. Um, Andrea, do you have anything to add? I I, I feel like I'm fangirling too much. So <laughs> I no, I think this is maybe I need a nanny. Maybe I need a nanny. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have one. Blessing. I'm Blessing. Just I'm my sister will send you one. <laughs> they gotta get one to you. You need it. You'll love it. I did take a lot of nanny. Um, you know, sleepwear for my for my um, sister who is pregnant. So I'm like, I, I, I told her, I said, I stole four of them for you. <laughs> well, and we also have a code for the um, Mother Honestly community that oh, I think yeah. you guys yeah. sent through email that we'd be happy to make available, but certainly blessing you should be using. Right. I was never able to use Nanit because my sons are older. So I want to live vicariously through you, blessing as well. And I want to tap mm -hmm. into your babies. Um, oh you know, when we'll I see. I only have one in the crib, so we'll 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 see if yeah. She, um, and you want to keep her in the crib? She's already, yeah, she's already like fourteen months, so I I felt bad, um, you know, putting myself. Through, no, I think it's great. The um, you know, I want to be mindful of time, but I do want to ask because the the theme of this year's of this season of the podcast is taking the day off. And Sarah, I know that this is something that it's like, you know, it's a foreign maybe idea to you, but I think it's a really interesting question and it's prompted some really um, thoughtful responses. You know, what does that look like? Whether, and, you know, maybe you could think of it, the idea of take the day off as a, just another way of talking about self-care. Um, but like, what does that look like for you? Oh my gosh, you know, it really depends on the day. Believe it or not, it depends on how much sleep I have. <laughs> because some days, you know, if I if I if I haven't gotten enough, I would say sleep rules my life. So if I haven't gotten enough sleep, then taking a day off is usually about rest and trying to find the most relaxing, restful ways that I can actually get myself to kind of unwind and maybe even recover um, some of that sleep. So on the worst days, I would say that's probably what taking a day off or even self-care really looks like for me. But um, what I've trained myself to do is a, a lot more self-talk than self-care. Um, I'm sure this doesn't work for everybody, but I've really tried hard to, um, to kind of check myself pretty regularly so that I can see how much I'm taking on and see if it's just maybe too much and I need that moment. And sometimes that moment is like 45 minutes with a book, like the other night, my son needed to read for 20 minutes yeah. and I had a book that I was really, I really wanted to dive into. And so we read together and, you know, it was really relaxing. Um, you know, I love reading. It's a passion of mine, but my son also got some of his homework done. So I think in many cases, um, I look for some opportunities um, to create a calm environment with my kids too. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah, taking a full day off is not really in my vocabulary, um, but yeah, maybe micro moments <laughs> where um, I can I can self evaluate whether or not you know that I can sneak ten minutes in for something is is probably um, more of something that I prioritize now than I I maybe did when I was um, less uh, acutely aware of it. Yeah. 
No, I think that's great. And I think that's the type of actionable advice that our listeners really can use. So I think, and that's certainly something that I will keep in mind. Blessing is at a, um, you know, and you know this, Sarah, she was traveling between Africa and the United States for, I mean, there were like months where she was doing the trip twice. Is that right? I can't imagine. (laughs) It's crazy. So there was a month where I traveled, I think three or four times. I think that was September. So when I landed in, um, in LA, the um, the U.S. cop systems were like, <laughs> we know you. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's an amazing, crazy month or crazy season for my company. So they were laughing. I did give them my card, so uh, <laughs> hopefully they they checked us out um, on the website. But yeah, it's been it's been truly crazy. So I am actually taking my own advice um, and really forcing myself to take the day off. Um, so I want to say that I'm, I'm on cruise control until the end of the year. Um, I'm trying to like not do more than one or two things per day. It's, it's been really hard, I have to be honest. Uh, but so far, I, I think I'm, I'm, my output is less than what it used to be, uh, but I'm spending more time with the kids. So we go yeah. again in January. Yeah. No, I love that. And I'm like texting blessing and she's like, remember, I'm not trying to take on a million things. You know? So it's a yeah, lesson. I have this meeting and let's meet this person. I'm like, no, I'm resting. I am actually really and truly resting. <laughs> that's, that's good. I mean, you're setting some boundaries there, which is amazing. Um, and I, I, I felt for you. I saw, you know, I saw the things that you would post and I thought, oh my God, she's in Miami and then she's in New York and then she's maybe back in Miami and when does she go home? And I can't imagine. There were times at, at Nanit pre-COVID where I think there was a January where I only spent six days at home. I was traveling all over. Um, and I'm thankful that those days are behind me now. Um, so I, 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 I feel for you <laughs> um, when you have those moments, um, but it sounds like you do a, a very good job of um, slowing down. Yes, yes. Forcing myself to. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for taking the time to mm-hmm. join myself and Andrea on Take the Day Off um, with Splendid Spoon. And thank you for all the amazing things you do at Manage. And my baby is just about to go to bed. So um, I will have to end the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It was an honor to be here. And it's always amazing to see you guys. So thank you. Have a good one. Bye bye. Bye bye. As a working mother of four, juggling my own business with the needs of my family has often led to deprioritizing myself and my own health. I need time back, but it's a struggle to decide what to outsource without replacing it with guilt. That's why I am so glad to have found Splendid Spoon. Splendid Spoon brings me nourishing, delicious, healthy, veggie-fueled meals that are ready when I am. They're always gluten-free, dairy-free and completely powered by plants with over 65 options and flexible plans you can change, pause, skip or cancel at any time. Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today 
by visiting SplendidSpoon.com and enter promo code HONESTLY, H-O-N-E-S-T-L-Y, to receive $50 off your first box.